0: love the song we sang and the lyrics that go with it. When darkness seems to what? To hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace. We don't have to pretend that sometimes the darkness does not get the better of us. Sometimes we uh, don't struggle to see what God is doing to understand where he is and to sense his presence. The next line has to do with storms, doesn't it? And every high and stormy what? Gale. That's not the name of a lady, right? Uh, it's not G-A-I-L, right? G-A-L-E. That means every stormy storm or every big wave that rises up. My anchor holds within the veil. Our anchor holds. Uh, I don't know if Trey selected that because of the storms we had last week. Uh, we, we had some that came through, blew a lot of things away caused some floods. Things that should have been there are now no longer there. I want you to know that this life holds that for us from time to time. Uh, The storm comes along and and what we thought was going to be, the light that we thought we would dwell in, becomes a darkness that hides its face from us. Uh, the, The stability, the security, the things that should have been are washed away by high and stormy gales. But for the Christian, for the believer, For one who is saved by faith in Jesus Christ, there is an anchorage, a rootedness that is spiritual and supernatural that we will never be moved. We will never lose what God has promised to us. We have a hope that endures if everything is swept away. The Bible says if the mountains are even shaken and tossed into the sea, right, the Lord never fails. And so I hope you worshiped well this morning. I thank you to Trey for picking out that song and how timely it is. If you'll turn in your Bible to Revelation chapter 3. We've been in Revelation for a few months now with a break for Christmas and for New Year's. Now we return uh, to the seven churches of Revelation. Uh, We are nearing the end of this study. But today we come to Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, the church at Sardis. The name of the sermon is The Walking Dead this morning. This is a church that is uh, different from the other churches we have surveyed so far because this church has no commendation. Many of the churches we've looked at, the Lord Jesus, will start out by saying, I see your works, Uh, I see the virtue and the goodness there, but I have this against you. The church at Sardis has no commendation. There is no virtue that is mentioned in the text. The Lord Jesus doesn't first say you're doing well here but over here you need help. There's a darkness in this church, the church at Sardis needed correction, they needed a change. And so the Lord Jesus speaks to this church uh, through the apostle John who as you know uh, wrote the book of Revelation, it was his human hand that penned These words, even though it was given by direct inspiration of God, these are the words of God, but uh, he instructed the Apostle John to write to the pastor or to the messenger, to the angel of the church at Sardis, a a letter, something that might put them on the right path. And so that's where we find ourselves today in chapter 3, verse 1. So let's read this together, and then I want to look together at what God has to say uh, to our church this morning. And to the angel." That word there may be an angel, it may be a messenger, I believe it has to do with um, the pastor, the elder, the one who speaks to the church at Sardis. To the one at the church of Sardis write this, "...the words of him <clears throat> who has the seven spirits and the seven stars." This is a name of Jesus, Jesus gives a different name to each of the churches that he writes to and the name that he gives to each individual church has to do with their circumstance. And so in this case the Lord is saying, here I am, uh, these are the words of, of the one who has the seven spirits, he has the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. Every aspect of the Spirit of God, the perfect, uh, the perfect nature of the Holy Spirit, he has it. And so he knows whether or not the Holy Spirit is indeed active in a church or not. He sees this. And so when he writes to Sardis, he writes with authority and is one with knowledge. He holds the seven spirits and the seven stars. He holds the elders of those churches, the pastors, the speakers, the preachers of those churches. And so he knows what's being taught there. Uh, He knows these churches. And here's what he says out of his knowledge I know your works you have a name or a reputation you have a name that you are alive but you are dead wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die for I have not found your works complete that word is full uh, sufficient Um, they're not sufficient your works are not sufficient they're not adequate they're not complete in the sight of my God They might be right in your sight. You might even be fooling the outside world. But the sight of God sees beyond that. The sight of God always sees the truth. And so your name is that you are alive but you are dead. And your works, they are not adequate in the sight of my God who sees the real thing. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come against you. How is he going to come? Not as a friend. He's going to come against them. If they will not wake up, yet you still, yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, that speaks of sin, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. That speaks of salvation. Those who are in Christ, those who are authentically his, uh, he will never blot out your names. There is security in salvation through Jesus Christ. The one who conquers will be clothed like this. Their name will never be blotted out of the book of life. And I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is a dark message, isn't it? I didn't even want to preach this this morning. I'm depressed right now. I'm going home. You know, it's a, <clears throat> as I read it just now, I thought, oh my goodness, you know, uh, I come back from vacation and, and put this on them. But uh, anyway, that's, that is what it is though. The Lord is speaking to the church and I think we can take something from this here. <clears throat> and I want us to look And how do we avoid becoming this church? Do I think that's us today? Do I think we need this message to to jolt us, Poplar Springs, out of a darkness like this? No, I really don't. That's for God to say, but no, I really don't. And so let's look at this together and look how do we avoid becoming a church like this? How do you avoid, how do I avoid becoming a Christian like this, living a life like this? And I think there are three keys that we can look at together. The first is this. Don't shortcut the things that really matter to God. Don't shortcut the things that really matter to God. There was a falsehood at Sardis. I mean, there was a deception going here, a a superficiality where they had a reputation, they had the appearance, they were known for being a church that was spiritually alive, but in fact, within them, They were dead, and God measures this by two things. Their name, first of all, was not true. Their name was not true. They had the appearance of spiritual life, but no inner reality. Maybe at one time they did have spiritual life. I mean, maybe they were awake unto the Lord and on fire for him and longed for him and walked with him and wanted more of him, and now they've grown cold to the point there's just a deadness within them. Have you ever felt that way? I mean, that's not too distant from us that we, that you and I might even feel that there was a time in our youth, maybe when we first came to Christ, that we knew him, we were close with him, I mean, we could speak to him moment by moment, but now really that's an old hat, we've grown cold, all that's over. There's a deadness within us. That may have been what happened with them. Maybe they were just playing a role, pretending to be something they weren't. Maybe their family expected it of them. Yeah, I better go to church. That's what we do here in the South, and Gainesville. Uh, I better do this for my wife, for my kids. I better do it for my mom, for my dad. But there was no real heart change. Maybe they just loved godless things. We don't know, but we do know that they were pretending. Their name was not true, and their works were not real. They seemed to be producing spiritual output, but there was no genuine or authentic heart behind it. One thing I love about living in this area, we used to live right up here by the church which we love to do. One thing I didn't love about it is the sound of the cars going up and down the road. This area we are blessed in modern times with people who like to modify their cars. They do it, there's one. You see that one? They usually have big tailpipes like this here Sometimes they have a big wing on the back of it. I was able to get this picture in the parking lot, this is Kevin Shockley's car. Um, <laughs> not really, but, um, <clears throat> but you've seen these, haven't you? I mean, you'll see them at a red light and they're revving their engine and it's so loud <clears throat> they used to come by the house here and it, it would just deafen you. They've got these big wings on the back of them like they can just fly away and you wish they would, you know, just go on. <clears throat> But you look under the hood and what's there? A little four-cylinder engine, right? A little Honda Civic or a a tiny little engine. It it looks big, it looks bad, it's lowered to the ground, needs to be aerodynamic for how fast you think it's going to go, but in the end it's just loud and it's just ugly, right? There's really nothing to it. That's what this church was like and that's the caution That's the caution for me and for you today that we not become Christians who once yes had a a life within us for Jesus Christ. We really knew him. We really loved him. We really wanted. We desired to do the things and to be about the things of life that pleased him and it brought us joy if he was joyful because of our lives. But now that's just faded. We've got the appearance. We're here today. We're wearing the right clothes. We do say the right things. We do give to the offering. We do all of this stuff. But inside the Lord Jesus, in the sight of God, we, we could not say truthfully that there is any life within uh so we've got to be careful not to be that person, not to be a car that's just souped up. Proverbs 423 says this: keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. It is the inner places, it is the heart that matters to God today. What condition do you find your heart in today? If you had to think about it, do you truly love God? In the real places? Are you truly seeking Jesus in those deep places that you know matter to him? We can fool people with a false name, false reputation, we can even deceive ourselves with a life of outward works, but God always sees. Let's work to be a people of true hearts this morning. Don't shortcut the things of God. It's easy to look a certain way but have nothing inside. Secondly, be a listener when God sounds an alarm in your life. Boy, is God sounding an alarm to this church. I mean, listen to what he says. He says it twice, wake up, wake up, strengthen what remains. It's about to die. Remember what you received and heard. Keep it and repent, and if you don't wake up, I'm coming to you like a thief. He's telling them all is not lost, but you better act fast, and there are three parts to this warning. The first is this, wake up, You know what that means, wake up. Wake up means become alert, recognize the danger, move to action. If your kid comes to your bed in the middle of the night or your wife turns to you in the middle of the night dead asleep 3 a.m and they lay hands on you and say, Dad, wake up, right? You know something is wrong or at least it better be wrong, right? Something is wrong There's a call to action here. Something urgent is happening. It deserves your attention. It deserves your alertness. The Lord Jesus is saying, wake up, become alert to this. There's a danger coming. Kick into action. But secondly, turn back, remember what's true, return to it, and repent for leaving God. If you're today in a situation where you know there's just a deadness and a darkness in you and you're sad about it and you want it to be different but you've been this way a long time it's very simple what the Lord is telling us to do first wake up realize this is urgent second turn back remember that time when things were true go back to what you heard and received return to that and the last thing is to beware know the alternative know what's going to happen If you refuse this warning and this is this is stark this is frightening for those who refuse to wake up Jesus is going to personally oppose them in judgment you ever signed up for something and at the very bottom of it it says click click this box to accept the what the terms and conditions right anybody ever read the terms and conditions we've agreed to so many things we don't even know what they are you know check this that you agree with the terms and conditions. Here are the terms and conditions for those who will not wake up, who will not hear the voice of God, who will not turn back, who will not repent. Beware, the terms and conditions are this. Jesus is personally going to come like a thief. How does a thief come? He comes surprisingly when you're not ready for him, and he comes to do harm. Now, we don't think of the Lord Jesus doing harm very often, do we? We think of him as a loving Savior, and he is. But there is a warning here that for those who refuse him, he is going to return when we're not ready for him, and he's going to return to do harm. He's going to come like a thief against these folks who continue in their sin. We were in our house, and as you know, maybe you know, last February, just almost a year ago, We had a big fire at the house right up here where we lived, and it uh, ruined everything, and we had to find a new place to live, and we did, praise God, in Pendergrass. And um, we had been in that house for probably less than a week. I mean, during the very first week that we had been living there, in the middle of the night, the smoke alarm started crying, doing its alarm. I mean, it started going crazy, and this smoke alarm has a voice. So it's not just the alarm, the beeping, it speaks to you. And here's what it was speaking to us over and over again. It was saying fire, just like that. Now we just had that, right? I thought, oh my goodness, this is so embarrassing. We're gonna burn down two houses, you know, I'm gonna have to quit my job and leave the country, you know. I thought, what in the world's going on? I mean, it was over loud, it was fire, 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 and uh, we we all got up out of bed and, and rushed together. Guess what we didn't do? We didn't just lay there, and we didn't just be like, "Oh, it's probably nothing. Oh, it's 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 probably a false alarm." Absolutely not. I sent Reese to check it out, you know. <laughs> so, but we took it seriously. And in a moment, all of us were up in the living room thinking what's going on, walking around the house, checking things out to see what was happening. When the Lord, hey, it's one thing when a smoke alarm does it, but when the Lord Jesus, the one and only risen Savior, the lover of your soul who gave his life for you, he is not only all-powerful, he is not only all-justice, he is not only going to return one day, In judgment but he loves you when it is him from his vantage point of perfect sight and he calls into your life and says there's an alarm here there's something you need to look for here there's a warning here we need to listen don't we if you're here today somebody is in the room today that the Lord Jesus has been issuing to your life an alarm, things are not right, you're not really with me, you've been playing games for too long, you've been comfortable with sin for far too long, come back to me, there are consequences for this. Let me tell you, when he calls out in that way, we need to listen. And he's not there coldly with his arms folded, waiting to smack us. When we turn back to him in repentance, he is there to forgive us, to wash us clean, and to, and to receive us unto himself. Are you listening this morning to God's voice of correction? Is that something you listen to? When God speaks a warning into your life that <clears throat> you are far from him, he does so because he loves you, because he desires for you to be restored to the fullness of his blessing, his power, and his presence. Don't ignore the warning, the voice of God. But thirdly, lastly, find the courage to live in the minority. There were a few people at Sardis who had not soiled their garments. Most of the people in the Sardis church were living falsely toward God. Can you imagine that? If most of the people, most all of the people in our church were just living falsely toward God, we were believing false things, we were listening to false teaching. We were following sin, the sinful ways of the world and calling them right. Uh, we, we didn't love God. We loved ourselves. We pushed our own way. Can you imagine if all of us were doing that? <clears throat> that's the case in this church. Most of the people in Sardis were living falsely toward God. Not many of them were probably even true Christians, really regenerate uh, believers. And that's the condition that these very few people, had to live in. They didn't have a church on every corner like we have. We've got Hopewell and Chestnut Mountain, and we got Chicopee over here. we got lots of churches we could choose from, and good churches. They had one church in Sardis. If they wanted to be with God's people, if they wanted to fellowship and obey God's word, that's the place they had to go. And when they went, <clears throat> they found that there were just a few of them who really loved and followed Jesus. <clears throat> that's not right. I mean, these people were living in total falsehood before God. We have a little dog named Arthur, and um, he's really cute and fluffy, Um, just a bundle of energy. And anyway, we decided to to do an experiment with him one day in our kitchen, which is the best thing to do with cute pets is just experiment on them. But um, (laughs) we... uh, We decided to, to say to Arthur, instead of, I love you, Arthur, we decided to say, I hate you. <laughs> that's, that's terrible, I know, but, but to say it in an I love you voice and see if, how he responded. We, decide, we decided instead of saying, you know, you're so cute, to say you're a dummy, but to say it in a you're so cute voice, <clears throat> if that makes sense. And so the kids, we gathered Arthur around, he was there, and we said, We hate you, you know, you're a dummy, you know. And because, (laughs) that's awful, I may not have to quit, y'all may fire me. Um, (laughs) But the point was that we're trying to make is Arthur doesn't understand English, right? But he understood our inflection. We could say something totally wrong to him but if we said it in the right way he would have the right response. And these people at the church at Sardis had become so proficient, they had become so capable at saying to God things that were totally wrong, of living before God in a way that was totally wicked, but they believed that they could deceive God by doing it the right way, by saying it in a right voice to God. And God is not deceived by these things. God does speak English and he speaks the language of the human heart. He knows you. But it is so easy, it is so easy to get into a pattern like this. The Lord Jesus addresses this <clears throat> in what is probably the, the the most fearsome verse in all of the Bible in Matthew seven twenty one. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, Oh Lord, oh oh Lord, you're our Lord, you know. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, what is that day? I believe it's the day of judgment, the day of Christ's return. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. It's possible for Christians to say, I love you, God, but do so in an I hate you voice. It's possible for Christians to say, oh Lord, oh Lord, but do so in a way that their lives reject him, right? Don't do that. There's a warning here. Can you imagine getting before the Lord Jesus on that day, thinking you've gotten away with it, thinking I've satisfied God, I've placated God. I've distracted God with the works of my hands. I've done it. I've gotten through it. And the Lord Jesus, to look upon your life and say, there was never within you any change, any transformation, any salvation. It was all a trick. It was all sleight of hand. And and at that moment when there's no turning back, for him to look at you and say, depart from me. You worker of lawlessness. The stakes are high here, aren't they? Find the courage to live in the minority. Find the courage to be these few who have not soiled their garments. What is the truth of your life saying to Jesus today? Better yet, what does Jesus have to say about the truth of your life? There is such an overflow Of blessing and a promise that comes with truly knowing and loving the Savior and there is such forever loss in playing games of deception with Him. If you're a non-believer today, if you're here and you've never trusted Christ, turn yourself toward God. If you're a Christian today but you're playing games with Him, You thought you could talk to God and live before God like you're talking to a dumb puppy, then friend turn your life back to the God who loves you and saves you. He wants more for you than what you're living and he will receive you. My dad has a pool or used to have a little pool and I've told you this before but he had an above-ground pool and we went out there one day at the very center of that pool at the very bottom was a little squirrel under the water. It was down there in its little squirrel position, you know how they do, just sitting there perfectly still. Furry, healthy looking squirrel sitting down there on the bottom of the pool. We thought, what in the world? You know, is that is that a dead squirrel? You know, because it was standing up, it was doing its thing. We thought, could it possibly be alive? It's not possible, it's just under the water, it has to be dead and so We got the long net to scoop it out of there and as soon as the the very edge of the the net frame touched that squirrel it vaporized into particles it had been uh, hey that is gross i'm sorry but it had been under there (laughs) it had been under there so long i guess that it had just kind of disintegrated but it was just the stillness of it it had not separated and uh, anyway when we touched it there it went it was, it was gone. It had disappeared into a million particles in the pool. There was every evidence that this was a living squirrel, that this was an intact situation, but in reality, not only was it dead, it was all but gone. The world does not need more uh, bricks and more steeples that are full of empty believers. The world does not need more of this, but with no fire in our hearts. The, Lord, the, the world does not need more people who are satisfied to be barely clothed with the thin garments of religiosity but with no heart change and no space in their lives for the Savior to dwell. God is looking for men and women whose very beings are captive to the living God, whose lives are irretractable from him, and who would dare to let him make all the difference in their lives. That's the consuming fire that we follow today. And if you're in need of that change, if some whisper of this warning is for your heart today, do not pass it by. Let me pray for us. This is the time in our service. We make a habit of opening the floor for prayer, for response, for a time to come to God. You can pray to the Lord right there in your seat and if you need to do that I hope you will do it. But I've been in services before when that's not enough, when I need to move to the Savior. And sometimes the best way to move to God is to actually move. To make your way forward to do something different to show God to declare within yourself in a different way God I want to come to you if you need to do that today I invite you to come here in just a few moments you can pray by yourself you can share with me you can ask for me to pray with you whatever you need to do you may need to come for salvation today to come to the cross of Calvary and say Lord Jesus I want to be covered in the righteousness that is given only by your blood I don't know exactly how to do it i don't know exactly all that it means i don't even know the the church language to get me there but god this is my heart today listen we're gonna help you we're not gonna embarrass you we're gonna stand with you and celebrate you come and let us know that that's your decision if you need to be baptized you let me know that today we'll set that up for you we we'll set up a church membership with you whatever your decision is you can come for whatever the lord has spoken to you this morning heavenly father we thank you for the word of god we thank you for trusting it to us Lord I pray it would have meant something today what you said to the church at Sardis and even though this is a heavy conversation God it has been it has been a heavy conversation I pray Lord that you will use it for good that you'll make a difference in our lives and in our church that we would never even approach becoming a people and a church that is like this church at Sardis. Lord, help us to be alive. If we need to repent of sin, Father, open us up and convict us. Draw us back to yourself, whatever it takes, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing And as we do. You're welcome. To come.